your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. Hey everybody, welcome to Asian Pop Nation, aka Sin's resident Asian music and culture show. My name is Lisa, the executive producer of APN, and let's talk through the first two songs that you just heard. Firstly, we played a very, very catchy track to come out of NCT 127 with their new song titled Two Baddies. And moving along from that, we then played the latest song to come out of the one and only Rina Sawayama with her new song titled Frankenstein, which is part of her new LP titled Hold the Girl. Now, this LP in particular has been picked as APN's album of the week, so that just gives you an extra indicator to give that album a listen. Now, for this week's show, we of course not only have myself, but also our APN team tonight of Lee, Tracy, Xenia, JP, and Ethan coming together to talk about all of these topics, such as two topics revolving around musicals. I know, we're we're going ham right now. Firstly, about a news musical titled K-Pop the Musical making its way to Broadway very shortly, as well as another musical, this time the Attack on Titan musical, which is in the works at the moment. We also, of course, cannot forget a very, very special B-Day segment that we have, this time for one of our APN team members and social media legend Lee herself. And not only that, we also have some fun news here and there, such as a sudden uprising with cyborg cockroaches being a thing now, I'm actually terrified, as well as a temple which has been deemed as the toilet temple. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that one specifically, but we also have some really exciting media news as well coming from the Disney Expo that happened recently, as well as some news coming from the Star Wars world. So definitely stay tuned on our show as we not only have all these fun topics to wrap up our season three of APN, but we also have some really, really exciting songs that we cannot wait for you guys to listen. So let's get to the music right now. Starting first with this song titled Shut Down by the one and only Blackpink. It is also an insanely catchy song, so be sure to listen in right now and jam out with us here on Asian Pop Nation. Hello, hello everyone. You are tuning into Asian Pop Nation right here, right now, and hearing my voice essentially being a little indicator that we are going to be talking about some songs that we played just now, starting first with the latest title track to come out of Blackpink with their new song Shut Down, which comes from their new album titled Born Pink. Moving along from that, we have a very fun collaboration track coming from Soren featuring Yeun with the song titled Nirvana Girl. The song and music video kind of acts like a little CLC mini reunion. So if you guys are fans of the group CLC, this can be like a little wholesome moment for you. And lastly, the song that we played is actually a new debut track coming from this Korean group titled Mini Rose with their song titled Rose. And actually their new EP is called Awesome and that word can definitely be used to describe the discussion that we're going to be having right now on our show, which is less of a discussion and more of a celebration for one of our APN team members as her birthday is coming up this month. 
Yes, we are talking about Lee, one of our EVN team members who happens to be the main person in charge of handling our social media. She's fantastic. Love her to bits. And without further ado, let's just go to the birthday girl right now. So for me personally, this EP Leisha here, September holds a special, special place in my heart. And it is because it's one of my friend's dear birthday that tends to show up around this time. And that special friend who happens to also be an APN team member is Lee. Woohoo! Happy birthday. Actually, very early Hello. birthday because we're pre-recording <laughs> this. How how are you feeling, birthday Hi. girl? Uh great. <laughs> happy, happy to be Another. here. It's <laughs> your birthday. <laughs> another year of existing um and as per like i guess apn tradition as we do at this point because i make everyone do it lol lee gets to talk about three specific songs that you just like picked you're here to explain it to us i guess what these three songs be to you and why you picked them exactly so lee take it away hi uh <laughs> <laughs> so the first song is you by os Osun, I think his name is, mm-hmm. O-S-U-N, and I really discovered this song, like, last week, Oh, but oh, wow. I've been listening to it every day now, but... Yeah, this song only came out last week, so... Yeah, yeah, it, it came out on the 1st of September, which, when I found it, I was like, oh my god, cool, and then I saw that it was very recent, so I put it on the run sheet. I think it was played this last, last week. week. Anyway, it's quite good, so I'm gonna play it again, because that's... I like it. <laughs> um so like the opening part is like the very first time i heard it i was like wow it was like exhilarating i think oh wow his vocals quite nice it's like very chill i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i think it's a very it's like a new little artist very cool um because i tried to look up information on this man and there is no information on this guy but I like his music. I like his album. The The song is from his newest album called Of Osun. O-F-O-S-U-N. Yeah, the whole album is great. No, I really like this album as well. I It's a really short album. So it's six songs, but total only eight minutes. Um, The first three songs are all less than three minutes. So if you want like a really short, quick hip-hop album to listen to, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, and all the songs are actually really solid. Fun. Oh my god. Approved by Tracy. (laughs) I know, it is like the biggest honor of APN here is when Tracy says, oh, this song that you picked is really nice. It's like, (gasps) oh my god. Like a quality check. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Tracy's our quality checker. Tracy approved. Tracy approved. That's that's the certified stem. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but yes, Leah, do continue with more of your song picks. I'm very curious. So the next song is called Kirari Futari, which I think it means sparkling couple. Um, the Japanese song, and it's very comfy, like very like piano and xylophone, which I don't think I've heard in my experience of listening to music. I don't think I've listened to like songs with xylophones in it, which is cool. Um, and her voice is like very soft and comforting. And when I listen to this song, it just feels like when I was like a little innocent kid that didn't know anything, like back when I was little, like very carefree, maybe, 
but yeah. But I think the song's about love, which is cool because the first song is also about love. <laughs> and my next song <laughs> is also about love. Damn. Are, are you trying to send out like a message or something for your birthday? I'm lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Your little birthday wish. Please give me some love on this. Hit me up. My number is over. Yeah, we're going to be sending out partner applications soon. If you're qualified, we'll call you in for an interview. The next song is I Miss. It's called I Miss You, which is I Miss You in Japanese. And it's by Shing02. And I think it's produced by Yakul. Shing's music is really familiar to me when I first discovered it. And then I found out that he worked on a lot of songs with the god Nujibes. Yes. Yes. And he also worked on, or like he co wrote one of the songs for the Samurai Champloo soundtrack, which very epic. And I don't know, I just really like it. His flow is nice. And like the beat in the back, it's like very like jazzy. And someone said that. This this comment made me laugh, but Shing's flow is smoother than oily ice cubes. And <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> That's so specific. <laughs> oily yeah. ice cubes. Oily ice cubes. But yeah, this song is also about love, how he misses this gal. Anyways, that that is all. <laughs> I, these are very, very nice songs. I gave them like a sneak listen before... I guess we started recording. They're very nice. A plus Lee, as always. And oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he approved. Tracy <gasps> approved. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's the double whammy of APN, the two ticks. But I just wanted to ask, I guess on a final note, Lee, with mm-hmm. your B day, how how are you feeling with your birthday coming up? <laughs> um, so like I'm turning 21, which mm-hmm. is like, oh my god, 21! But then I'm just here like, oh cool, like another year. <laughs> it's not, I don't know, I don't feel like I'm, like if anything, I feel like I've grown more in the last two years than now, maybe? I don't know. I'm plateauing, maybe, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Plateau! No, that's okay, I mean, you, you shouldn't think of personal growth as like a, every year I grow like five percent better i improved by five percent in all metrics and like it's a very like um fits and starts uh Mm. that's not the word it's a very non-discreet type of thing where you might grow a lot in one year and go backwards in the next year it's not at all linear thing so don't be discouraged by that lee thank you it's my words to you as an old person (laughs) (laughs) a wise wise person i guess yes on that note lee Happy early B day! Thanks. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> yeah, and I guess you listener, if you want to send some early, very early birthday wishes to the one and only Lee, you can send it through our Asia Foundation social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I can definitely trust our APN team member Lee to bring some really fantastic songs into our show. Thank you, by the way, and happy early birthday. If you're just tuning into Asia Pop Nation right here on Sin, we just had a little birthday celebration for one of our team members, and here are the songs that she picked herself. 
Starting first with the song titled You by this Korean rapper artist called Osan. And moving along from that, we also played a 2011 track titled Kirari Futari by Mame Rico. And lastly, we played the song titled I Miss You by Shin O2 and Yakel, which is a 2020 track. So a very, very nice mashup of different genres and time eras from our APN team member Lee herself. But now we are going to be moving on to this really, really fun discussion as we're going to be talking about this new musical titled K-Pop the Musical, which features some artists that maybe some of you guys might be familiar with, especially those who were very into K-Pop during the second generation era. So let's go into this topic right now. Do you like K-Pop? You could just see half of the team members shaking their head. <laughs> no, they don't. Do you like musicals then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you like either one of those things, then you're in luck because there is a new thing, a new musical called, would you believe it? K-pop the musical. And in fact, tickets have actually already opened up for it as we speak. If you live in New York or live near New York or have the intention to go to New York in October or November, then you might be able to see it, actually. K-pop musical will begin previews on October 13th, opening officially on Sunday, November the 20th. It's not the first time this musical has been run. It was originally on Off-Broadway in 2017 and it actually starred at the time Ashley Park of Emily in Paris fame before she was on Emily in Paris. Um, in terms of the people who made the musical, the book, as in like the script in between the songs, is by Jason Kim, who is a writer for the Bill Hader TV show Barry and also the future sequel to Crazy Rich Asians that will be centered on Astrid. And in terms of music and lyrics, they are by Helen Park and Max Vernon. On August the 22nd, the official cast for this musical was announced. It features several former and current K-pop idols, as well as 19 cast members who are new to Broadway. So, in terms of the K-pop people involved with the show who will be starring in it, well, we have... In the lead role, in Ashley Park's role, we have Luna from FX. Can you back me up on this, Leisha? Luna from FX is like some sort of musical goddess. Yeah, she's a singer who can sing, and I mean really, really well. She is out of control vocally. When she was active with FX, everyone kind of deemed her to be like, yeah, she is one of the best like vocalists to be at that company at the time. And she's wild. She's impeccable. So her in like the lead, oh, it's great stuff. I love to hear it. But Tracy, do detail me more. Um, the cast will also feature Bo Hyung from Speaker slash Kimbo. So Speaker, for those not in the know, was like a second gen girl group uh, back in the day who like had vocals that rivaled well, or maybe perhaps even surpassed Mamamoo. Speaker was so good. Speaker was so good. Uh, their songs were great as well. And With they were lived. very short-lived. Too short-lived. We also have Min from Miss A. Another, I guess, second gen girl group. And also Kevin Wu of UKIS. Huh. But yeah, it also features a bunch of like Asian names that will be making their debut on Broadway. Jin Wu Jung, Ji Ho Kang, 
I'm not going to read them all out because there's like 19 of them, but just know that there are lots of Asians in this new production, which is very rare for Broadway, actually. Maybe less rare than TV, but still pretty rare. Okay, on to the synopsis. As global superstars put everything on the line for a special one-night-only concert, they face struggles, both cultural and personal, that threaten to dismantle one of the industry's hottest labels. K-pop is a multimedia experience that explores the relentless discipline, raw talent, and commercial ambition behind the international sensation. According to Playbill and also some audience accounts of the Off-Broadway show, the original show took on the form of a sort of intimate backstage tour of a K-pop music factory that led the audience around several different rooms within the theatre complex. So it'll be interesting to see how they actually translate this to like a large-scale Broadway production where you have hundreds of people in attendance. We also have some comments from people who predict that K-pop fans are going to be pretty shocked by the musical because it's very cynical, very theatery, some say even pretentious. And it's also pretty critical of the K-pop industry, which is nice because the K-pop industry has a lot to be critical about. And I think... It sounds like a more promising, more thoughtful, K-pop-centered adaption than movies that we've been talking about, notably K-pop Lost in America, (laughs) the standard bearer for bad K-pop media. In contrast to that, this seems very, like, cerebral, I guess. So, everyone, what are your thoughts? I don't know what to expect from this. It's like uh, making a musical called uh, Hip Hop the Musical, you know? Hip-hop the musical. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's it's odd. Like, what's going on? I would say, okay, with the title, definitely could have been a little bit more creative because I think, like what JV said, a lot of people just kind of like, huh, genre the musical? Hmm, that sounds a little bit odd. But when you actually explain, like, the synopsis and stuff like that, it's like, oh, it's kind of like, I guess, looking in-depth into how K-pop industry kind of works, but in a musical level and stuff like that. But I'm actually, you know, if I magically had a bunch of money and I could go to New York, I would actually probably go see this. One, because I think it's actually really nice that a lot of these second generation artists are actively partaking in this really big project. And again, it's it's a Broadway musical. That's freaking insane. And I just love to see that because a lot of K-pop stands out. They're like, oh, second generation idols are like the jobless. They got nothing going for them anymore. And it's like, Hey, hey, stop right there. Stop right there. But it's really cool to see that. And plus, with having a plot like this, where it's like looking to the industry and having cast members who actually were active in those industries, I think will also bring a very good perspective. Because there's a lot of, um, a lot of like, I would say, Western media when they talk about K pop, the angle is very, it's like the same narrative over and over again. And like Tracy said, the K pop industry, there is really strong things to have, like, a conversation about and like criticisms about but the angle that a lot of these like western media like companies kind of go at it it's kind of like we heard it been there done that it's like they're kind of outdated don't really happen now the industry is a lot more issues but in like different ways that isn't really discussed and i feel like with this one because of the cast members that feature a lot of former slash current k-pop idols and the other backstage like people who are in charge of this musical are also either Korean or they're like Asian as well, the angle will be a lot more different than what I guess people would typically hear in the Western media landscape, but it will be very much needed. I'm quite excited to see once the musical actually comes out and people start talking about it, how it actually pans out. Oh no, it's actually quite promising. (laughs) Especially since the book is written by Jason Kim, who is a writer for Barry. And Barry is like an HBO show that is actually good. 
So if he can write an actually good TV series or you contribute to it, then he should hopefully be able to write an actually good musical. And as you said, Alicia, the fact that almost the entire cast is Asian and a lot of the behind the scenes people are Asian as well is a really, really good sign because obviously the biggest thing about media uh, about K-pop is that sort of weird othering Mm -hmm. that occurs where they don't really think of people maybe as fully autonomous beings yeah and there's this weird I I, I don't want to go into it but it's just like you can tell that this was written by someone with not a lot of empathy perhaps for the performers or whatever of the scene Mm -hmm. yeah no exactly I mean you phrased it very well (laughs) I can definitely say that yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so they get us a ticket to freaking New York I want to see this yeah. Oh, yeah. and also another fun fact about this, um, because there are 19 new cast members in this, they were selling advance tickets for this for 19 bucks and people were like queuing up around the block for it, which is good to see that there's like demand for this. And re- I really hope that it's really good and that it gets yes. disseminated outside of the US. Anyway, um, yeah. So if you like K-pop or you like musicals, then hopefully you'll be looking forward to this K-pop <laughs> musical. If you happen to go see this mu- musical, please let us know how it is via our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Hello to all of our listeners here on Asia Pop Nation. It's Lisha here, and I'm going to fill you in on all of these songs that you just heard on our show, starting first with this song coming from Thai girl group for Eve with their song titled Jackpot. And moving along from that, we then played two Japanese tracks, first coming from this group titled Da Cell with their song titled Rogue, which does come from their new LP titled Hypnotize. And moving along from that, we then played the song titled Todai by Pial Stocks. And that song in particular, very, very fun, very quirky. I really into it in particular. Thank you, APNT member Tracy, for that one. And I guess on the vein of things which are slightly on the quirky end of the spectrum, I feel like this musical that we're going to be talking about in particular is definitely in that quirky side of the world, as we're going to be talking about a anime musical, but not just any anime musical. It is the Attack on Titan musical, which is coming very, very soon, actually. And our team members wanted to have some input into this musical. And of course, what's better than talking about one musical is talking about two musicals back to back. So let's get this little musical hour here on APN a go right now. Hey guys, do you like attacks? Oh. Well, how about uh, Titans? You know, the big guys? I'm starting to hate Titans right now. <laughs> okay, well, um, if you're not Leisha, um, I've got <laughs> quite the story for you. Attack on Titan is coming with a new musical. It's going to be Attack on Titan musical. If you guys might have remembered, um, in the past, they were going to do an Attack on Titan musical, but that was before COVID hit. And a lot of things happened and that got cancelled. But this is, I guess, their second go at making a musical. So what we do know is that it will premiere in Osaka on January 7th uh, next year before moving to Tokyo, where it will stay until the run ends on the 24th. That's pretty much all we know about this musical. It's going to be the Attack on Titan story, you know, with the little guys getting attacked by the big guys. And, you know, with the 3D maneuvering gear, woo, attacking Titans. Um, so for the people that have 
watched Attack on Titan or know things about it, how the hell are they going to make a musical out of this? Like, got any theories? Any predictions? Y'all, anime people talk! <laughs> Actually, I'd, I'd like to know what you think it would be like, knowing that you know absolutely nothing about Attack on Titan. Huh? Me? Um, yeah, like what? What do you know about the show? I know that Aaron mom dies by okay. a Titan. Yeah. I know Sasha likes potatoes. Uh huh. And Mikasa and Aaron is like a ship that exists in the fandom, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's you're missing out, Leisha. Yeah, you're missing out. <laughs> you're missing out. That's yeah. all I know. Tracy, what do you know about? <laughs> Maybe both of our knowledge combined, we will know like something about the show. I don't know anything about it <laughs> at all. All I know is what Leisha has just said. Um, there are big guys called Titans, and they uh, like don't wear clothes or skin, and they true. just like rampage around yeah, like, yeah, yeah, eating yeah. people. There's a main character whose name starts with E. I want to say, <laughs> yeah, that's Aaron. It's the one the mom dies. Yeah. So basically all those things that Leisha said, like mum dies, someone <laughs> likes pineapple. I think those things translate really readily into songs. So I can obviously see why they would want to turn this into a musical. Yeah, that makes sense. But Zenia, you're like the musical... Um, I love yeah. musicals. Yeah, you're a musical professional. Um, like, what's your professional opinion? On Attack on Titan being a musical. Yeah. Look, I think musicals are meant to be like this nice escapist or meant to have some kind of political commentary or social mm -hmm. commentary. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really struggling with what Attack on Titan as a musical is going to bring to the table. If the soundtrack is anything to go by, by Hiroyuki Sawano, then I think it would be epic. I am expecting a massive orchestra pit. I'm oh, yeah. expecting choral verses and singing. Like yeah. really dramatic stuff, yeah. I expect Histrionics. Exactly. I expect it to be held in like a church. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like the vibe we're getting. It has to be epic. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's so many logistics like the, the Titans, the 3D maneuvering gear. How is that going to operate? Like the series is so long and they're yeah. just going to focus on an arc. Who knows? I think well, with the gear, they're just going to do like uh, rope stuff, like harnesses. Yeah. yeah. But what are they going to do? They're just going to like swing around the stage and like chop things. And... I mean, isn't that what the show is? It is, but it's yeah. like animation is just such a cool medium that you can be so imaginative with. Uh -huh. And I feel like at the stage, you're sort of limited into what you can achieve. Is there any mention of budget? Like, what's the budget for this show? It's going to be no like idea. nothing. Oh, um, based on like past anime musicals, that's like an entire genre of musical in Japan. And basically, they're mostly made for anime fans who will watch anything related to their favorite anime and not like theater goers. So it will generally feature like a less experienced cast, um, less budget, uh, because I guess the idea is that people who go to see this will go to see it no matter how uh, not amazing it is. With the Titans, I think they're going to do, like, you know the thing that kids do to pretend to be adults? They kind of, like, they stand on each other and they put a trench coat on. Oh, yeah. that's a thought. It would be, like, a cool acrobatics thing, right? <gasps> Maybe. Like, yeah, that would be cool. Got... Puppets or something. Or still. Like the King Kong Broadway. 
Yeah. Yeah, so I was I was gonna mention so Attack on Titan, I feel like it could have done really well if they had an insane budget. Um I'm thinking of the King Kong Broadway specifically, but also the Spider-Man Ten of the Dark Broadway, which is a bit infamous. So the King Kong one has a giant King Kong puppet, like a massive one. Uh and it cost about thirty five million dollars to make. So they probably won't do this. Uh but I (laughs) thought that would have been really cool if they could do that with the Titan. The second one I mentioned, Spider-Man 10 of the Dark, was a 2011 Broadway. Oh, it is also the, yeah, yeah, so it's oh. the most expensive Broadway musical I think ever put. And it was also the biggest loss, I think, because it played for like a week or something. I, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, but one of the cool things about Spider-Man was that they had a wire set up throughout the entire stadium. So they got the actor to actually fly around like over the audience. Oh, um, and at one right. point, I believe the actor actually like lands on, I, I don't know what it's called, like on the top levels of the audience. Like, you uh-huh. know how the audience normally sits at like, there's two sections. So there's the one at the bottom and like the audience sits at the top. Yeah. So I think they actually managed to get like the actor to like land on the top and like wait to kids or something. And I thought that was really cool. Oh. Um, in saying that, the Broadway is also infamous because like six people got massively injured because the wires were badly set up and like a lot of people got hurt like really Whoa. badly. Cast and crew kept moving and they lost a lot of money, so maybe don't go that way. But yeah, obviously, I think I think if they had a lot of budget, this could have turned out really interesting. But uh, from what Tracy says, it's probably not that. I think the the Titans are either going to be just people, just like they cast really tall people, <laughs> and they yeah. get them to wear those like Halloween suits, um, or they put them on stilts, or they yeah. make them this huge costume. You know those giraffe mascot costumes where your head is like the head's way above your actual. Anyway, yeah, like they'll make a huge costume that will befit the awe and scale of the Titans. I don't know. I've never seen anime. <laughs> so yeah. Um... Attacks and Titans, man. Lots of big people, small people fighting them, you know. It's going to be crazy. We'll see how it translates into the musical format. But if this announcement for the Attack on Titan musical has you wanting to gear up and fly around and do stuff, let us know. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Asian Pop Nation. Remember to attack the Titans. Actually, no, we don't endorse... (laughs) violence here okay bye-bye hey you're tuning in to asia pop nation here with myself leisha plus the rest of our apn team who you'll definitely get to hear a bit later on our show after we go through some of these song requests and just other songs that we've played just now on our show so starting first we played two song requests to come from one of our listeners andrew thank you by the way Starting first with the song titled Gold by Annette Lee, before moving along with the song titled Breathe Again by December Avenue. And then afterwards, we then played a really, really nice, like, chill, lighthearted song coming from right here, actually, not at Sin, but right here from Australia. We have the song titled Play Enough by the artist Ambers. These are some really, really nice songs, I feel, to transition into this very, very interesting interesting topic that, to be honest, I don't have too much expertise into. It is the Star Wars universe. (gasps) But 
we do have some really exciting news that some of our APNT members who actually do know about Star Wars really want to talk about as the Squid Game actor as well as a actor connoisseur himself, Lee Jong-jae, was recently announced to be joining the cast of Star Wars. Soon in the future, mayhaps, we don't really know too much of what's gonna happen, but once again, let's jump into our APN group discussion about the Star Wars news right now. So, APN, I need to ask you guys a question. Do you guys like squids? Oh, Are yeah. you actually no. kidding me? No way! No! Wow! I didn't get an answer, guys. I like oh, squids. Yeah, I like squids. Yeah. Hell yeah, let's go. Well, because you guys said that, I have a story for you. Famous Korean actor Lee Jong-jae, best known overseas for his involvement in Squid Game, has recently been cast in a new Star Wars property for Disney+. Plus. Uh, he will be starring in The Alkalite, which will be a new Star Wars Disney Plus miniseries. Um, Alkalites are basically Force-sensitive students who study under Sith Lords, so we can expect a darker mystery thriller around the dark side. Yeah, as of yet, nothing else has been announced about the show, so we just have to wait around for more information about what his role will be in the greater Star Wars canon. But that is not the only reason that Squid Game Lee Jong-jae has been in the news recently. Squid Game won huge in the 2022 Emmys, uh, with Lee scoring Best Male Actor and Squid Game creator Huang Dong-hyuk winning the Best Drama Series Director. Um, so yeah. So, what do you guys think about this news? Um, I hope he gets cast as a squid character of some sort. I think it really, you know, really suits his demeanor as a squid who games, you know. Dude, Have you actually what? seen the show, JP? <laughs> <laughs> I swear you've actually watched Squid Game. <laughs> yeah, I've watched it, yeah. yeah and all you games. got was that, oh, this guy can really act as a squid yeah, in the Star Wars yeah, universe. I think so. I think it would really fit, you know, his um, repertoire. Are you aware that there are no real squids in Squid Game? I know, it's like a metaphorical squid, you know? <laughs> I was gonna say, isn't this a thriller? Like, squids are pretty terrifying. Yeah, they They're are. pretty big. They, they have ink. Yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> you played Splatoon, you'd know how scary they are. You know? <laughs> scary squids. Okay, what about the Star Wars property, though? Does anyone care about this? In oh, no. APN? Uh, I do, but I'm wondering, does that mean he'll be playing someone that's part of the Empire? I would assume so. Uh, for people who, who not, are not in the know about Star Wars, what is a Sith? Bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> they're like the evil version of Jedi. They like, yeah. Oh, okay. like, they want power, they want control. Um, yeah, so like the Jedi is all about like peace and like mindfulness i guess and like <laughs> the sith are all about like using your hate and anger and like there's a lot of like east asian philosophy that kind of runs through like it, it sort of threads through like there's a mentor figure that gives you wise words like an old sage and then you fight using lightsabers which are just essentially katanas <laughs> yes you must hit him with the sword <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah, I think um, George Lucas was quite heavily inspired by a lot of those. Yeah, I think he was. I think he said it was Akira Kurosawa, um, whose work inspired him the most to Star Wars. Disney has not had a great uh, run with diverse representation in their media recently, and they keep getting a lot of hate um, for including diverse characters. I know how controversial, um, but <laughs> um, yeah, Star Wars has always been quite. Um, 
Asian influence, if not from Akira Kurosawa, than for a lot of the other stuff. I mean, even like the Darth Vader helmet is inspired of samurai helmets and stuff like that. And recently they did that Japanese anime on Disney Plus, which I think is pretty well received. Received. Yeah, all the fans, I, I wonder if they'll be annoyed about this as well, or if they might be like, wow, this is really cool. Because Lee Jong Jae is obviously a really great actor. He got Best Bale Actor at the Emmys. Um, so I assume that people might be a bit more well-receiving of something like this. That was my hot take. Okay, cool. Anyone have any more opinions? Uh, yes, I have an opinion. Wasn't there that Star Wars character who was an Asian woman and she got masses of hate? Yes, I remember. And she was oh, yeah. so Marie Tran, yeah, yeah. Because yes, yeah. yeah. So she had a she was in the eighth movie, and people hated her so much that J.J. Abrams basically just wrote her out in the, the next one. Um, oh my god! What? Yeah, it was pretty bad. I, I don't know. I'm just really interesting because the take that they've done with this is really cool. They're doing it on Sith Lords and stuff, which is quite different to Disney's normal brand. Um, so I think I'm very interested to see what he can bring to the table. I know that's a really generic thing to say. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> Anyone have anything else to say before I wrap it up? Oh, <laughs> uh, I think we should mention about the Emmys, uh, oh, yeah, which too. happens like very recently. Um, Lee Jung Jae is the first Asian person uh, to win the, I think, best actor category in the Emmys, and also the fourth ever Asian person to win any sort of acting award at the Emmys. So, which is pretty good. Pretty good. Congrats, dude. Uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, Young Jim should have gotten more stuff. That's all I have to say. My, my two cents. But good for the him. Director. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty tough category to win. So I was really surprised that he won. So, yeah, if you guys have any thoughts on Star Wars, on the Emmys, on Squids, let us know on Asian Pop Nation at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and we will send you a squid emoji. Bye. Hello, hello, dear listeners. You are tuned in right here, right now to Asian Pop Nation, the center hub here at Sin for all things Asian music and pop culture related and honestly so much more. Our team kind of talks about everything under the sun at this rate. But yeah, welcome to our show. We just played three really, really fantastic tracks, starting first with the song titled Inside My Head by Indonesian artist Scalar. And moving along from that, we then played the song titled No Pain by Korean artist Silica Gel. And then moving lastly from that, we then played the song titled Togen Koi by this Japanese artist called Yama. And actually, this song comes from her new LP titled Versus the Night. And fun, fun fact, actually, apparently the song title does roughly translate to Shangri-La and is in reference to an ancient Chinese fable of a fisherman stumbling across an earthly paradise in a forest of blossoming trees. So that is a fun fact for you to keep in your head of yours. And definitely a really, really good segue as we're going to be detailing about some news that we saw that kind of interests us that happened during the Disney 23 Expo or D23 as they like to call it as there was some news about this new show in particular titled American Born Chinese that does go into the Chinese mythology realm as well as just some fun little reunions that we wanted to talk about as a whole team. So tune in right now. Okay, so on September the 9th through to September the 11th, which was just this past week, the ultimate Disney fan event happened. Yes, we're talking about D23. 
in case you don't know what D23 is, it's basically like Comic-Con, except they only talk about things that are getting put on Disney Plus at some point. Um, So we had a few interesting series that we wanted to talk about featuring Asian people. First, a trailer has been released for the upcoming series American Born Chinese. Now, this is a series that's based on the graphic novel of the same name by Jean Luen Yang. I hear it's like a half-half sort of story. Like one half is about this kid growing up in high school and like just mm-hmm. doing adolescent shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And the other half is like, you know, this epic Chinese like fantasy drama, like a journey to the West sort of thing. And then as the story goes on, they kind of merge together. And the kid's like, oh, my high school life has turned into a, you know, I'm fighting Chinese gods sort of thing. That's what I gleaned from the trailer. Yeah, he's juggling with high school and stuff like that, as one does. But at the same time, he like meets this new student or something, and then bam, worlds collide, and now he's having to fight these Chinese mythological... Okay, I'm not even going to try to say logical, whatever <laughs> gods, yeah. So like the, like the Monkey King. But yeah, that's kind of like what... The story is going to be, again, it was just a first look trailer. So it's kind of showing like behind the scenes of production stuff. So plot wise, we don't know too much about it, but it does seem very exciting. Tracy, do you have more deets about it? Um, Well, I have the cast list right here. This uh, series features, among many other people, the entire main cast of our favorite movie ever, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. So it's like a mini cast reunion. In terms of like confirmed roles, we have Michelle Yeoh as Guanyin the Goddess. In Journey to the West, I guess she's like the main celestial contact for the the merry band of main characters. Yeah, Cosmic Mummy. Yeah, Yeah. like when they're in trouble or whatever, they like send out like a helpline for Guanyin and she like says something pithy. That's my impression of it from watching uh, the original Journey to the West 80s Chinese series. She's like very cool and they're all scared of her. <laughs> so I think that's why they chose Michelle Yeoh for the role. The kid, Jin Wang, our main protagonist, will be played by a guy called Ben Wang. So nice. We also have Daniel Wu as the Monkey King. He was of the AMC series Into the Badlands, uh, which was like a sort of kung fu series, but made in America. He's a dude who knows the martial arts. Uh, so it will be nice that the series will presumably have some nice martial arts. And hopefully it will be shot well. Tracy, you know, as someone that's familiar with um, Journey to the West, uh, what can we expect from the fantasy side of this show? Because I have no idea what Journey to the West is like. Journey to the West is like an episodic sort of tale. It's really fun. It's like an adventure story um, of these guys who are trying to get to India to get like some sort of holy scroll. And so it's like a merry band of like, there's like a monk, there's like a pig god or something. And there's like a thunder. There's like, it's a bunch of gods basically. And a monk who they're kind of trying to protect. They've all basically been assigned by Kuan Yin as security personnel for this monk so that he doesn't get eaten because apparently every single demon under the sun wants to eat a monk. Yeah. And so it's just them like getting into like fun little escapades um, as they journey across the country. That sounds like something that'll work perfect for a TV show. So um, I feel like this will end up being pretty cool. I do worry that people might find it sacrilegious. Oh, really? Yeah, because um, Journey to the West is such like a beloved text, like Romeo and Juliet or something. Like it's something that 
is really old and is really canonized into the popular consciousness. Uh-huh. So they might be like, oh, these Americans can't do it justice. Yeah, but yeah. at any rate, I think it will be fun. Yeah, hopefully. What else is on the table, though, Crazy? Well, apart from American-born Chinese, we also had news from the Loki series, which is the Marvel series that Ethan apparently knows about. Yeah, I do. <laughs> we got Keely Kwan joining the new oh. series. As a character who is a, I think they said he was a TVB employee or something. He's oh, nice. sort of employee. Do you know what TVB is? Because I don't. I think um, in the original series, I think it was the TVA. Oh, that's what and I mean, they're... TVA. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I thought it was just my memory. Um, they're like employees who like manage the time stream. So they like make sure nothing goes out of place. But then imagine that in the most bureaucratic office environment. So yeah, imagine that. Yes. Oh, that sounds fun. It is. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table for Loki. His next major role will probably be this American-born Chinese show. But after that, I think it might be Loki, right? So it'll be nice to see. We are now in the Kiwi Kwan era, where he will be taking roles regularly, uh, we hope, after everything. Exactly. Sorry. It's it's just so exciting to see, especially, like, you know, everyone knew him as, like, a really popular child actor, but then he kind of, like, disappeared out of Hollywood, and then everything everywhere all at once happened, and then now he's getting all these roles, so it's like, yeah, let's go! So it's really exciting, again, to see this renaissance era, let's go! Speaking, Speaking of, of Renaissance eras, <laughs> oh whoa! Brendan Fraser's having a comeback. He's not Asian, but we think he's cool, so I think he deserves Honorary to be talked about. He was in that yeah. movie that was like set in China, so yeah, he's he's like an ally. I think. <laughs> Wait, doesn't he fight the Chinese emperors? <laughs> okay, maybe not an ally. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, he was having a comeback because he was debuting his new movie, The Whale, and I think there was a photo with him and. Was it Ki Hui Kwan or was it Michelle Yeoh? Michelle Yeoh reunite after 14 years since that particular mummy movie that we're talking about. Just the mummy. Oh, that's why they've made up. Yeah. What, Michelle Yeoh was in the mummy? Yeah. Yes. The mummy tomb of the dragon emperor. Yes. Okay, that makes sense now. Well done. Yeah. The more you know, guys, the more you know. But yes, that. I mean, that reunion by technicality didn't happen at D23. I think it was at the Toronto International Film Festival instead. But we're still including it because we just mentioned Michelle Yeoh and we're mentioning like, it it connects, guys. I swear it connects. But it's just exciting to see all these actors and actresses that we love kind of having their little renaissance era. Yeah, I love it. Love to see it. Even though half of you guys don't know who Brenda Fraser is and it breaks my heart to bits. Speaking of reunions, we also had a reunion (laughs) with uh, two people who were in a movie together in 1984. I wonder who... Yeah, it's um, Kiwi Kwan and Harrison Ford. They were both together in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And there's this very wholesome picture of Kiwi Kwan smiling the biggest smile ever and hugging Harrison Ford, who is also smiling the biggest smile he has been spotted with for some years now. And it's just very wholesome, like the entire Gen X, uh, millennial, people were alive in the 80s, part of the internet, really went gaga over that picture. And the caption is so cute. If you go on like his Instagram, it's just like in quotations, I love you, Indy. And it says Indiana Jones and Shot Round reunited after 38 years. That's nice. That's wholesome. Damn, that's cute. So yeah, we just hear APM, we love reunion moments. (laughs) But yes, everyone's having a little renaissance moment right now. It's very exciting to see. 
between the Star Wars discussion where we established that it was actually Asian and the Indiana Jones mention, this has turned out to be quite an 80s-themed episode of um, Asian Pop Nation, which is nice because you play a lot of 80s-themed music. But yeah, that's our 80s segment. Lots of interesting little happenings. And so if you have any little interesting thoughts about some of the things we discussed, make sure to let us know. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. This is Asian Pop Nation residing here on Sin. And if you're just tuning into our show right now, we just played three incredible tracks that come from Asian artists across the globe. Starting first with this song titled Dance Is My Life by Toshiki Kodamatsu, which comes from his new LP titled Inherit the Life. And moving along from that, we then played the song titled Bound by Korean artist Ki, who does come from the K-pop group Shiny. And this actually comes from his new album titled Gasoline. And we actually did play a B-side of his last week, but he's got some really good B-sides. Listen to the album. And moving along from that, we then played another Korean song, this time coming from Lee Ella Mars featuring Hash Swan with his song titled City Lights. Now, this is the portion of the show that I like to call not really APN after hours, but kind of more of the APN odd hours, wacky hours, I don't know. But these next discussions that we're about to have kind of delve into more of a interesting topics. They're, they're not like the other topics that we've talked about this week. And you'll definitely see why really quickly as our first topic is gonna be about a temple that has a very, very interesting concept of being a toilet temple. Now, there is a lot of ins and outs about this temple, so I won't waste your time anymore as we're going to jump straight into the history as well as kind of how this toilet temple actually works. So cue to the discussion. You guys like temples? (laughs) You guys like, I'm sorry, I'm not opening up like that again. Um, Anyway, reason I brought up temples is because we have a little interesting story to bring to you today about one peculiar temple in Japan. It is called Montokuji. It can be found in the Gunma prefecture. However, it is most well known for being the toilet temple. So let's explain a few things here. So thematically, this is a temple that you go to to civilize. And historically, it was actually a place for women to escape their abusive husbands. So they would run to these temples. And historically, these temples were run by a certain sect of Buddhism. And going there, they were allowed shelter from their husbands. And they were actually allowed to divorce their husbands there. So back then, they kind of acted as a sort of family court. They didn't have a sort of thing back then. Unfortunately, this temple petered out over time. But however, in the current age, the locals thought it would be a good idea to restore it. And I guess, I don't know, bring in a few people to do some cool things. So again, this temple retains the same idea of severing ties. However, you can now also come to this temple to pray for creating ties. So, you know, creating relationships and such. So here's how it works. You enter the temple and you get a little prayer slip like made out of paper. And you can choose to pray to sever a tie in your life or to create a new one. And after that, you enter through a gate. These gates, usually uh, they resemble the gates that women ran through to escape. And after going through the gate, you're brought to this little room with two toilets. One toilet is white. That one is for severing ties. And the other toilet is black. And that one is for creating ties. And what you basically do, you get your prayer slip, and you put it in the toilet, and you flush it down. 
that's it and that's how uh that's how the prayer slips are uh i guess brought to the gods <laughs> that's how they're sent to them um but yeah that's literally how it works it's kind of like a fun way to i guess ritualize i guess, like a, a change in your life um, but you know it can be a helpful thing to do as well i don't know would you guys want to go this like are you guys desperate to go this right now or not like dude i don't know it's a, t- it's a toilet temple man <laughs> I mean, if you think about like uh, the 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 carbon costs of of going to temples, right? You're usually burning stuff. Oh yeah, that's true. Produces heck ton of bad bad carbon. You know, yeah, bad fumes. You know, bad fumes. Carbon yeah, you know, dioxide the atmosphere. Yeah, it makes the earth warm. You know. Yeah, flushing seems like you know you're using water, but uh, it seems perhaps more like environmentally friendly. Maybe this could be the start of a new t- temple revolution. Yeah, temple revolution. Everyone using toilets. Yeah, just flushing stuff down the toilet. Uh, yeah. Actually, it's, it's a really apt metaphor for, like, cutting a tie. Like, you're flushing it down the toilet. Like, think about it. True. Yeah. Maybe less apt for the other one where you're trying to attract a tie yeah. or something. Yeah, know. I'm not really sure how to rationalize that one, but yeah. I wonder how this works logistically. Like, what's hooked up to the other end of the toilet? Is it just, like, a pool full of paper? Maybe the paper is, like, more... Degradable. It's like thin paper. Sorry, yeah. For a second. Uh, maybe the toilet paper is degradable. Maybe. Um, Ethan also pointed out earlier that the toilets um, at this particular temple... <laughs> I can't do it. What did he say? <laughs> he said that the toilets at this particular temple look like... <laughs> look like what? Look like what, huh? A water slide. A, a water, water slide. Huh? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean, Ethan? <laughs> yeah, what, Ethan. What does it look like water slides Hold up, let me pull up the picture. Yeah, what Ethan, explain yourself, huh? If you guys have ever been on a water slide, you would know that at the very entrance, they've got like this little section where you can like put the like the water, what's it called, the water tube, the water thing down, and you can like prepare yourself before you go in. Am I gonna get cancelled for this? I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna cancel you right now. Have you ever heard of a squat toilet? That's what they are. <laughs> I know what a squat. Okay, to be fair, I know what a squat toilet is. Okay, but like okay, normally yeah. squat toilets, they use white, like ceramic, right? Yeah. But the ones that they've got in this temple, the the black one especially, is like this, like um, I don't know how to explain the the um, I don't know. It just looks really different. Like it doesn't look like because they've made it a black. They've like, ah, I need to stop talking. You've never seen a you've never seen a black squat toilet in your life. I think maybe if you saw an image that was just the cistern that didn't have any of the things around it indicating that it was a toilet, you'd be like, oh, yes, it's a structure with water in it uh, with two ridge- with two sides on it. So maybe under that circumstance, you could be like, yes, it is a water slide. Oh, yeah, I've, got a photo. I've got a photo, guys. Let me, let me send you a photo <laughs> of a water okay, slide. Tell me this doesn't look like that. All right, come on. Let's have a look. Jesus. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Tell me that does not look... Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> Does anyone dispute this now? Okay, it's like a tiny version. Uh, <laughs> it's a water slide for your fortunes. You could also checkmate. <laughs> okay, man, I concede. I concede, man. You know, I wonder what the mailing room is like for the gods that have to deal with this. Like, so I imagine, you know, it's like it's like one of those. Um, have you ever seen those? They're like pipes, and when you have a letter and stuff, you put it in the pipe and it gets sucked up. And- and sent to wherever. Yeah, oh, yeah. Seen those? I, I know what you're talking about. Is this an yeah. anime thing? Or, I, or I, but like, what are you talking thing? about? What? I just you describing that just makes me think of like those Christmas movies where they're like, I'm gonna send this letter to Santa Claus, and then yeah, exactly. Z- no, no, Leisha, those actually exist. Those are a thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 
So I guess it's sort of like that. But um, is this like that Evan Almighty movie where like Jim Carrey plays God and he has to like reply to emails? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> you not remember Evan Almighty? No. So that's like it's like a two thousands Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, movie I know. He, I know like, what Evan Almighty is. He gets appointed. So he gets appointed God, and then like so like because like he gets frustrated with all like the prayers he's hearing. Yeah. So like he sets up an email account, and then like whenever someone prays, they like send the e- it, like it goes to him as an email, and then he has to like reply to the email. Uh, Have you not seen this movie? Y'all know. <laughs> wait, you know the name by its sequel name, and not Bruce wait, Almighty. Wait, what do you mean a sequel name? This, wait, it's wait, Bruce Almighty. Almighty. About Noah. Yeah, yeah, I was confused, yeah. Corral. Evan Almighty, it's the sequel slash spin-off or? Google it. <laughs> Evan Almighty was the one with Jim Carrey. Hang on. <laughs> no! <laughs> I will do my Jim Carrey, dude. Jim Carrey? No, yeah, so Steve Carell was in Evan Almighty, and then Jim Carrey was in... Which was the one that Jim Carrey was in? Who's Almighty! Bruce. Ethan Eadie? Was it? Yep. Oh! Is it Steve Carell also in Bruce Almighty? Yeah, I think he's like the boss or something. Ethan, you need to go to this temple to sever ties with your brain. Us? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Ethan's like a like a letterbox list where the list in question is um, movies that the toilet temple makes you think of, I guess. <laughs> this, this whole summer just turned into us just being like, Ethan, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, no, but Can I, we I delete agree. this segment? No, no, I need, okay, okay, I need but, Ethan's rep. But I, will, I will agree. <laughs> With the water slide thing, sure. You actually convinced us on okay, something. Okay, yeah. yeah. That makes <laughs> point there. You convinced and I lost this in like the no. next second. But no, yeah. I get you, man. Because like when a toilet, you expect a toilet to be completely white, right? Because you want it to be sterile and clean. But then as soon as you see it being like in another color, you start thinking it's like something else. So there was a black toilet here. You think, oh yeah, it must be a water slide. Okay, I get it. I get it, man. I wonder what the thought process was. Like, why did they choose toilet? Because this is like a renovation of a temple, right? Right, yeah, it was. And obviously they did have toilets there in ancient times, unless they did, but I very I'm much sure doubt they it. did to some degree. But they didn't use them specifically to dispense wishes and prayers into, right? Maybe so not. So someone was just like, I got a great idea. got a great tourism idea. Everyone's got to come from far and wide to, to flush their prayers down the toilet. And then they well, did it. They'll do this work and we're talking about it. Imagine meeting someone uh, at the toilet temple. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Uh, love it for a meat cute at the <laughs> <laughs> a meat cute at the toilet temple. What's it called? Uh, it's it was called. Uh, let me scroll up again. It was called the Montokuchi Temple. Monto- what if we kissed in the Montokuchi Temple? You know, <laughs> in the, t- yeah, in the exactly. toilet. Oh, nice, so cute. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> if you want to say goodbye to your life of singleness, why don't you come over to Montokuchi Temple in Gunma Prefecture? If you have any other wishes. Uh, regarding this temple, let us know. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Asian Pop Nation. Hello there and welcome to Asia Pop Nation or welcome back if you're a returning listener. We were just playing these three really nice tracks, starting first with the song titled TNG by this Korean female group called Flush. And then moving along from that, we then played the song titled Sunflower Bracket P-E-L by Choi Yoo-jong, who is one of the members of Wikimiki. And then lastly from that, we then played the song titled I Love You by Hong Kong artist Moon Tang. Now, the word I love you, or phrase I should say, I love you, is unfortunately a phrase that I will not be using when we're describing about this particular insect that we're going to be going more in depth for this discussion as cyborg cockroaches seem to be a thing 
that might actually be saving our lives in the future. Now, what do I exactly mean by that? Well, you're just gonna have to listen in and find out all about this details right now. Hello, everybody. Um, cockroaches. Do you guys like them? Oh, they're all right. They're the demons of planet Earth. I oh. hate them. Okay. Um. But what if they could say it's Morbin time? <laughs> What if a cockroach could help you when you're buried in rubble? So, for this express purpose, a Japanese research institute have developed remote-controlled cyborg insects, um, which is developed by the Japanese scientist group called Riken. So, pretty much how it works is they attach a robotic suit to the back of a Madagascar cockroach. Okay, so the suit pretty much forces the cockroach to move in the direction that they want with a press of a button. Our researchers are aiming to add sensors and cameras to help aid in hard-to-reach or hazardous areas, like under rubble after an earthquake. Um, but this research brings some moral dilemmas for the poor cockroaches. Um, this, so some comments that people have said are like, this kind of scientific development makes our lives better, but I can't help but think it's kind of scary. I think this is awful, but I just know when I'm hidden under a pile of rubble, I'll be wishing I had this kind of technology. I'm sure others feel the same way. So how do you guys feel about this? Would you want a cockroach to save you from rubble? My knight in shining armor. Remote controlled <laughs> cockroach. Yes, my six-limbed, brave, noble little knight. <laughs> save me from the aftermath of a devastating earthquake. I'm looking at the photos right now. It reminds me of Ant-Man, like how he controls ants for like food eating. Because he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not making a joke, guys. <laughs> no, no, it genuinely does look like that. Am I, I going to search this up again? Hold up, let's uh, let me find it. But yeah, so is the idea that the cockroaches can like move stuff, or is it just there for like, like? No, I think it's more so. Yeah, it's like a scoping out things. Like it's a cockroach. It's not going to move entire like blocks of cement around. But it's more like um like if they're trying to look for survivors, I believe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's not a bad idea. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it's a recon tool. But I don't get why it has to be cockroaches. Like, can you just make a tiny little robot or something? Actually, a researcher did comment oh. on this. Because a lot of people did say the same thing. Like, you know, why not use or like just make a little robot? Apparently, using a cockroach actually takes up less battery. Less electronics. Oh. Yeah, because, like, think about it. If you made a little robot insect, you have to make all these mechanisms and you have to make all the legs move. But why make that when you could just get an actual cockroach and just, like... Hijack its nervous. <laughs> Please. What yeah, if, yeah, exactly. The more you explain it, the more I'm like, I don't feel like this is a positive. Like, again, I've exclaimed this right when Lee asked the question. I'm very anti cockroaches. I hate them, but they're also. They have rights too. They have rights. Do they do they, they really, have a family. Do they really have rights. <laughs> they have a family. Like, and one day, they're like, what? The little sister cockroach suddenly gets kidnapped and turned into a robot, huh? How do you feel? Deserve. <laughs> oh, I feel like you could turn this into like a gritty, um, a gritty movie, like a Bugs Life sequel or something. Oh my god! Like, they keep on taking my no. people and like, forcing them to oh, Tracy, join god, the war. No. Join the <laughs> war. Well, I mean, the, the first Bugs Life it was a war movie, so it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, it could make sense. Um, I just, I just still like that explanation to me is bogus. Like, I still feel like you could just make a tiny robot that does that type of job instead of actually getting a real, like, animal for it. But I don't know. That's my opinion. But I know everyone, well, most people hate cockroaches, so for them it's not really, like, a lost cause. But, yeah. You know what this reminds me of, guys? Yes. <laughs> now, this, has, 
there's a there's a there's a there's a villain there's an alien species in star trek called the borg where it's like these like group of like cyborgs but they have like a hive mind um it kind of reminds me of this like what if the cockroaches like all gain like shared consciousness and <gasps> then they can just use like different like oh, senses to like attack us yeah you know that one naruto villain that can like see different people at the same time was it like pain was it pain yeah so you know how pain could like they shared like the same content. Why am I still talking? <laughs> no, no, but actually, no, Ethan, I get you. That could actually, like, that could be kind of this cool. is the end, guys. We're yeah. near the end. If you're basically these are remote controlled cockroaches, they're not linked <laughs> up to any sort of central. Oh, so that's your point. Your point is that you could maybe link these remote controlled cockroaches up to like a central, like, brain, which yeah, what if you them? link them together? Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they wouldn't be conscious of like the higher being governing them. They'd be just be like, Oh my god, why is my arm moving involuntary? And I think uh, involuntarily, they wouldn't like, I they feel like, be aware. you know, for a task like that, you'd have to like specially train people to do that, like in, to control multiple cockroaches at once. Like, no, but what if the cockroaches have yeah, yeah, what if the cockroaches all could, like, see each other's visions, like, at the same time, and they all share the same consciousness? Like, they don't need someone to control them. No, they, can they just, don't like... have autonomy. Oh, so, oh, so you're worried about, like, a cockroach uprising. Yeah, I'm worried about okay. the cockroach uprising, but they all have the shared consciousness, and then they, like, they know how they killed, they, you killed their ancestors, and now they can, like, fight back or something, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> rise of the planet right. of yeah, the cockroaches. <laughs> cockroaches will last a lot longer than us. That's true. They yeah, have the advantage. Definitely. Oh god, we're gonna die. Yeah. Have you ever like sprayed a cockroach with bug spray that's still wriggling and moving around? Yeah. That's their superior. Yeah, I There was I a did community channel video on this. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Oh my god, there's like so many movies where like scientists are like, oh my god, what if we like use animals to our own gain? And then like literally Morbius was about this as well. I'm not even joking. Oh, really? They like use they use like bats to like what was it they like do. cancer or something? They do. And then and then like it goes wrong. And, like, it goes wrong and yeah. Jared Leto becomes a vampire. Oh, oh I see. I mean Jurassic oh. Park too, you know, like bring dinosaurs back for entertainment, yeah. Um I had a question. Yes. Um you know how basically you can have it so that one person controls a cockroach? Yeah. Do you think that technically that counts as a mecha? <laughs> a mecha? Yes. Like a mecha anime. Like Ratatouille. Let me think about this, Tracy. <laughs> Ratatouille is not what I thought about. No, Ratatouille, Ratatouille is a mecha. I agree with that. I think Ratatouille is, Venom, is a mecha. And is Venom a mecha anime? Are you? What? <laughs> what is our, what is our um, classification for mecha anime? The issue is it has to be big. And cockroaches are smaller. That's the problem, Tracy. I could see them putting that into a military application, actually. So... If they did that, then they could move like rubble and stuff. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Oh, espionage true. cockroaches, like a spy movie. Yeah, that too. <laughs> oh my goodness! Actually, wow, the, the possibilities are endless. Yeah, yeah. I lost JP, would you? JP, would you rather fight a million um, bug-sized <laughs> bug-sized mecha robots or one mecha-sized cockroach? <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I do. Okay, listen, man. I think I'd rather do the million bug-sized mechas than the one big cockroach because I don't like the look of that. I mean, it would be fun. You can just like put on some big stompy boots and go stomp on them. Yeah, you know, just like just kick them. You know, spray (laughs) them. You know, spray some water on them. They're made of electricity. They'll short circuit. Yeah, Yeah. and with that, um, I I think that you know if you have if the like we're curious listeners, what you think? Would you rather fight? (laughs) Yes, we are curious. Would you rather fight 
a million bug-sized mechas or one mecha-sized cockroach? That's the question we'll leave to you. But anyway, let us know your answer on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. We'll set up a poll, like, you know, show the numbers. Greetings to everyone who is listening to us right now here on Asian Pop Nation, whether live on air or on our podcast. It's Leisure here, the executive producer of APN, who is here to fill you all in on all the songs that you heard just now. We firstly played the song titled Forgiveness by the one and only Rina Sawayama. This does come from her new LP titled Hold the Girl, and this would be the second time that we are playing one of her songs in that album because this album has been picked as APN's album of the week. Whoa! <laughs> and moving along from that, however, we then played the song titled Saint Lover by Taiwanese artist Edison Song and Patricia Lin, a really, really nice collaboration track, by the way. And finally, to end it off, we then played the song titled Duremo Utsukushi by Japanese female artist Yeah Yeah. Now we have reached to the portion of our show where we do have to say our goodbye since we have reached the end. Oh no, which also, not gonna lie, this is also the end of our season three run. Oh my god, this is like insane. I feel like time has been running so fast, but also in some days it feels like it's going too slow. But anyways, I do want to say a big, big thank you to you guys for always being really down to listen to our assortment of fun discussions here on APN. I definitely feel like our show for this week was no exception, I guess, in terms of what sort of assortment of news we can talk about. We had a really, really fun B-Day segment for one of our APN team members, Lee, as well as two topics revolving around musicals, one being about K-pop the musical and another being the Attack on Titan musical. And we also had some really fun media news coming from D23 Expo as well as from the Star Wars world. And we, of course, had our little doses of wacky topics, starting first from this temple being noted as a toilet temple, in quotations, as well as cockroaches now becoming cyborg, or at least having a little dose of machinery in them. It, it, it's a weird one. If you haven't listened to it, go back to our podcast and give it a listen. It, it, it's an interesting one for sure. But yeah, once again, thank you so much for joining myself, Leisha, and our APN team tonight of Senia, JP, Ethan, Tracy, and Lee. And before we go, we have some really, really nice relaxing songs to cap off our show for season three and just for the night in general. As now, we're going to be playing the song titled Navy Blue by Thai artist Mind Freak featuring Tan Suk. Remember, you can always tune into Asia Pop Nation every Tuesday from 8pm onwards right here on Sin. And for bonus content, you can always follow us at Asian Pop Nation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And listen to our Asian Pop Nation podcast available anywhere and everywhere you stream your podcast. Now, good night, everyone. And I guess see you after our one-week break. Thank you.